You're listening to God and Comics, the show that is best appreciated under quarantine conditions. On today's show, how we're surviving, the future of comics during the outbreak, and just how epic can Father Kyle's beard get under lockdown. All this, plus our recommendation, this or that, and a whole lot more. Uh, I'm your host, Father Jonathan Michikin. I am chaplain at St. John the 23rd College Preparatory in Katy, Texas, and I am on staff at Our Lady of Walsingham Cathedral in Houston, Texas, uh, and I am the chaplain of my, my own bedroom at this point, I think is, is the main ministry that I'm involved in. Uh, on the line with me today is Father Kyle Tomlin. Father Kyle, where are you? I am the rector of Church of the Messiah Episcopal Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And also on the line is Father Matt Stromberg. Father Matt, where are you? I am the rector of St. George's Episcopal Church in Schenectady. And uh, good to see you guys. And you may hear my, my son in the background making noise. You know, we're all... We're all uh, we're all social distancing here, folks, uh, and we've got children and families around us. And I figured, you know, <laughs> people love it when Jimmy Fallon has his daughters on the show. So hopefully, uh, you guys will be just enjoy just as much hearing whatever sound effects my my children make uh, in the background. So this show is going to be a little bit a little bit different than than the usual. Um, you know, we're just gonna gonna talk a little bit about what it is that you know we've been experiencing. I mean, this this as as we record this, um, for most of the country, I think this is the third week or fourth week. For for my family, we had a week of spring break that led into this, um, which because uh, my children have special needs and so like we, we were already basically experiencing lockdown <laughs> uh prior to the start of this thing so uh i don't know what day it is it's the 89th of march something like that um and uh you know uh here we are you know we we wanted to do a show anyway um because uh you know we we love uh, all the listeners and and all the people in our community who who enjoy the show and and we know that that you guys uh well at least we hope that you're staying that you're staying home that you're staying safe that you're washing your hands uh you may also be uh bored i don't know it seems to me i don't know it seems like there are two two versions of the the whole quarantine lockdown thing um besides well i guess three if you count the just abject terror of being sick but um if you're not sick at this point uh it's like two options either you're like a single person or a person without children and you're really bored and you're like constantly like trying to find new stuff on netflix to watch and all this kind of stuff or uh you have children and you are trying to figure out how to do a full-time job from your living room while also being a full-time teacher of your children and yes. uh, you have uh -huh. uh, literally nothing left to give the world <laughs> I'm going to let y'all guess which one of those I am in this particular scenario. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, I'll, let's start with Father Matt. How how are you doing uh, in New York there? How are you surviving this thing? Well, I mean, you know, up here in New, New York, this is like uh, the epicenter of the the uh, the virus at the moment. Um, I mean, our governor's on TV all the time, and all the eyes are on 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 New York. It's not it's not nearly as bad in here in Schenectady as as you know New York City and 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 other places in New York, but it's uh it's bad enough. And you know there are people that I know who have who have had it or have been or are expected of having it, and that's that's sort of a, a sobering thing. Um, all the schools are shut down. Uh, my church. This has been three Sundays now. We've been shut down, and um, my kids are home from school. So yeah, I'm doing that too. Um, they're trying to keep an eye on them. And my my wife's a teacher, so she's teaching from home. And it seems like she's busier teaching at home and trying to do things online than she even was, you know, going into the school every day. I mean, she was pretty busy then. I'm I'm trying to do ministry online and and plan for Holy Week in <laughs> in exile here um, and also you know like like Father Jonathan said trying to keep my kids busy and educated at the same time um, so it it's been pretty difficult um, I don't like being cooped up I have been streaming services from our church which is just a few doors down and that's just me a director who's a single guy and lives on campus and he's been quarantined you know that that's added at least a rhythm to things trying to keep the offices going and 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 to uh to put those out for our our parish i've been live streaming them on facebook and uploading them to YouTube and trying to figure all that stuff out, um, like everybody else, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, feeling cooped up and, and frustrated and, and, and disappointed about all my plans that went out the window and and trying to deal with the parish for Holy Week because that's a real blow. Um, Holy Week and Easter, that's that's been difficult to deal with. Uh, as I'm sure it has been for for you guys as well. Yeah, absolutely. I would uh, I would just echo a lot of what you guys have said as well. We're here in Fredericksburg. We're just um, you know about an hour south of Washington D.C., which is another hotbed, and certainly the state of Maryland has become a massive hotbed of this stuff. So we've had a few cases in our area, but um, but overall they've been relatively small i think at this point there were like three in my county but there were 11 oh, wow. in stafford county which is right next door so yeah i mean you know it's it's a little a uh, little frightening to have this to watch this thing unfolding and um certainly the news puts a little slant on it that maybe can be um more localized certainly we hear a lot of not always about the non-hot spots but nonetheless it's a very scary thing and um and we're just kind of doing the same thing we've our state's under mandatory um lockdown now so um you have to stay home and the only places you're allowed to go is to get food and anything that would be deemed a necessity and then you have to go home 
you're allowed to go out for walks uh, in your neighborhood. You have to observe social distancing. And um, our churches have been shut down for the last three Sundays. Now, what what kind of restrictions have or guidelines has, has your bishop set for you guys in the diocese? Um, I, know, I know some bishops have been sort of, you know, very. Um, they've they've been pretty strict about like um, locking up the churches completely. Nobody's allowed in. Yeah. Nobody's allowed to film mass from the church. Um, we're allowed to go in the church and we're allowed to live stream our services from the church, which I've been doing on Sunday morning. And then I've been live streaming morning prayer from my office almost Monday through Thursday, almost every day of the week. Mm -hmm. um, we're allowed to do that, but we do have to observe the 10 person or less rule and we have to yeah. have six feet between each of us. Now, the for now bit of it comes in with the fact that our bishop that there are several churches that have been violating that on live streaming um, the churches are either too small to actually uh, do the six foot apart bit or folks have just been allowing more than 10 people to be there and it's all been captured on video and um, and consequently if that continues um, we've been told that we will no longer be able to uh, to do it from church, but we'll have to do services from our homes. So, yeah. Wow. Our Bishop uh, uh, William Love up here in, in, in the Diocese of Albany has been, he's been a little more laissez-faire than, than maybe some of the other bishops in the Episcopal Church. Um, I mean, until, until um, just this week, a Holy Week wasn't yet suspended public worship. Uh, he kind of waited until April to do that. I I canceled church two weeks ago for the first time because there was an outbreak in a college down the road from us, and one of my parishioners was a professor there, and she was being tested, and, and, and she was on a mandatory quarantine. And I had, you know, sat next to her at that at our Latin class, you know. So I, I shut things down myself. But but at that point, churches in the diocese of Albany were still open. Um, so the bishop said things are still suspended until April fifteenth, okay. and then he's going to reassess at April. But as, as soon as he sent out that letter, we got the lowdown from the president that it's at least until April thirtieth. Mm -hmm. um, right. So um, I'm yeah. imagining it's going to be. Yeah, my, I mean, my experience is a little different than you guys um, because I sort of live in two worlds um, in a number of ways. Um, so I am a priest of a Catholic diocese that is all over North America, right? The ordinariate is all over North America and overlaps in jurisdiction with the local diocese. And so a lot of the guidance from our bishop has, has been basically to follow uh, whatever the local bishop is doing. Um, but he has given us certain directives about, you know, how to, how to do certain things. The local bishop here um, is uh, Cardinal DiNardo, the, the Archbishop of, um, of Galveston, Houston, um, was pretty quick to, to get out in front of stuff um, and and to, to shut things down. But the big the big difference, I think, for me is that, you know, my main ministry is in a high school setting. 
so at this point, we are the the archdiocese has directed, and we have uh, followed that direction that we are out of school until at least May fourth. Um, wow. I think many of us think that it's probably unlikely uh, that we'll be going back to school this year. That's heartbreaking in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, I think especially since we're a high school for our First. seniors. Yeah, I mean, they don't, there's no prom, there's no, I mean, they're, you know, I mean, yeah. some of these things haven't been canceled yeah. yet, but uh, oh, that is heartbreaking. graduation and all that stuff. And also just, you know, my, my own, uh, I, I have my own kind of grieving for that, that, um, you know, I, I really love these kids and, and to, uh, to not get to see them every day, to not get to minister to them directly has been very tough, you know, um, and um, and I think you know one of the other things too. Um, I mean, so I'm I'm on the the covenant list, so I'm talking to a lot of Anglicans and a lot of people who are in parish ministry, like you guys. So I'm hearing about what you all are are doing and going through. I think one of the one of the big things that's different in the Catholic setting is, you know, confession plays a a, a much larger role in our week-to-week existence um Uh and so like that's been tough like not being able to hear confessions uh and our people not being able to go to confessions and i know people have have come up with weird workarounds for that i know there are places in the country where for instance uh, a priest would set up outside in the parking lot and you could drive up and as long as you stayed six feet away and I know in at, I least, <laughs> in at least one of the instances, the priest would like, if you wanted to be anonymous, he would wear a blindfold. <laughs> that Which is bizarre. I thought was really, was kind of hilarious. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but nevertheless, I mean, it's, it's, it's a deprivation. And I mean, you know, will people be okay? Well... Sure. I mean, you know, what we've been telling people, what the Pope has advised and and what the church has, has, you know, been wanting to make sure that we let people know is that you can do what's called, you know, make an act of perfect contrition, which is something that I I invite, if there are Catholics listening, I invite you to look up, um, which is basically, it's not, you know, something you do instead of going to confession, but it's a way of, uh, you know, uh, showing your sorrow for your sin, asking for God's forgiveness, and you receive that forgiveness and that mercy. But then part of that is the promise that you're making is as soon as I'm able to go to confession again, I'm going to be, I'm, you know, I'm going to do that. Uh, but in the meantime, to be at peace about it, right? Like not to be sitting around going, oh, gosh, I haven't been to confession. You know, this is going to be terrible. And at this point, you know, here in in, in this area, um, everything is is patchwork um as far as you know who's under a stay-at-home order and who's not so like here in harris county where i am which includes houston we're now under a stay-at-home order and and there are a few other places in texas that are like that dallas is like that san antonio is like that a couple other places but then there are large swaths of the state that are not uh and the governor's been very hesitant to give a direction to the whole state and it's it's a little bit you know i think people are just like not sure what to do you know like we'll go um because my kids just lose it if they can't 
leave the house. And so we'll get in the car and we'll drive around in circles, basically. We don't actually go anywhere. We just drive in circles. We do that once about every other day or so. And then we come back home. Um, and But you see, like, I look out and I'm like, man, there's a lot of people that are still out. <laughs> And, yeah. and I'm, you know, it just, it, it concerns me and, and scares me a bit too, you know, because when this thing really, you know, Houston is the, I don't know, fourth or fifth largest city in the country at this point. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a ton of people here. When this thing gets here, it's yeah. going to be, you know, it's going to be bad. But you were mentioning earlier about the school shutting down. Our schools have closed for the rest of the year. Oh, really? So we're done at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, I feel so badly for the seniors in our congregation who aren't going to get any of that stuff. They've got their caps and gowns coming right now, mm-hmm. but they're never going to get to wear them in any real ceremony. And um, even for my daughter, who's in second grade, um, at this point in time, they can't learn any new material. So they're just getting some worksheets to do and uh and this is basically it for the rest of the year right we'll run out the time till may and my wife did get my daughter with a good april fool's joke today she told her that she received an email from the school saying that um she would have to repeat the second grade because of this (laughs) (laughs) that was good that freaked her out (laughs) yes Every year. She'll have to repeat it every year until she gets it right. So this is God in Comics. Um, So, you know, we can talk a little bit about how this stuff affects comics. And like I said, you know, we're kind of doing this in a different way. And my brain is Swiss cheese. And so you may have noticed that we didn't do a recommendation because I completely forgot and we just kind of ran over it. I want to recommend uh, Aquaman Amnesty which is the second volume of the uh, Aquaman series that is currently being written by Kelly Sue DeConnick. Uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick is a great comic book writer. I've, I've really uh, enjoyed her uh, ever since, uh, actually, her, sh- her short run on Avengers Assemble, uh, and then, of course, her, her v- quite long, iconic run on uh, Captain Marvel great writer and so when i found out that she was writing aquaman i jumped on board i haven't really read any aquaman since the new 52 like i you know i I enjoyed the um uh what's his face Uh, the jeff johns run um and uh and i'd sort of disappeared from it after that but i when i saw she was writing it i gave it a shot um so the first volume was called unspoken water and, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Um, I, it wasn't, uh, it didn't blow my mind, um, but I thought it was interesting. Basically, uh, in, in Unspoken Water, in that first volume, uh, Aquaman has, uh, has lost his memories. He has amnesia, and he's on this island um, with these, these people that he doesn't know who call him Andy. That's the name they've picked for him. Um, and he's trying to figure out what's going on there. And, um, eventually, uh, it turns out that the, the other people that are on this island with him are these, uh, water gods of the past, uh, who, uh, you know, who, who, for one reason or another, people have stopped believing in, or they've, uh, they've grown too old or whatever. And so that, you know, this is where they are. And, uh, he meets all of these people, and, and there, there's a whole story that's involved there, and it's interesting, 
but it 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 wasn't it wasn't really Aquaman, you know. It was this dude Andy and his new friend. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I, I enjoyed it, but I really enjoyed this second volume, uh, Amnesty, because at the the very beginning of this volume, at the very end of the last volume, he starts to get a little bit of his memory back. At the beginning of this volume, it 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 largely comes crashing back to him he has this encounter with some kind of mystical shark creature who <laughs> helps him to remember uh basically to remember who he is and then uh he and the gods uh go back to his home in amnesty bay in maine and a lot of the rest of well really all of the rest of the of the story in this volume takes place there and I like it uh, because there's a lot of, you know, it's not a lot of punchy, punchy and fighty, fighty. It's really only in the very, towards the very end of the thing that, that we get this sort of big, bad monster fight, which definitely happens and is, you know, big and, and spectacular. Uh, but a lot of it is relationships. It's his relationship with Mara, which is very complicated at this point for a number of reasons that I won't go into because I don't want to spoil it. It's his, uh, he has some very interesting back and forth with Wonder Woman who comes to visit um, because everybody had thought he was dead, you know, so when he shows back up, it's like a big deal. It's his relationship with a number of people on this island. It's his relationship with, uh, but it, his relationship with this kid. It's So it's a lot of this stuff and it's a lot of it is about, you know, what, who am I? Um, now that I'm sort of remembering who I am, what does that mean based on these new experiences that I've had? A lot of background stuff about what it means to come from a uh, come from a small town in in the modern world, what it means to be heroic. I and some of the writing around that is just really quite beautiful. I I, I marked this one passage which I thought was really great. There's this one scene where they're sitting, they're sitting by one of these lighthouses. There's this underlying story that I think is going to come out more in the third volume that has to do with this lighthouse um, and the guy who, who used to tend it in the 18th century. But, um, but basically, they're sitting around the campfire and they're kind of telling stories and they're telling ghost stories and, and hero stories. Uh -huh. And um, this one uh, character who I really uh, enjoy, who's a police officer, uh, and she and her husband like grew up on the island, and so they grew up with um, with Aquaman. And so she says uh, she's talking about uh, stories and how sometimes the stories kind of bring out the monsters. And she says, "See, when you're a light in the darkness, it's easy for the monsters to find you." And I don't know why, but I, that really struck me. I really enjoyed that line, you know, and it made me think about a lot of the things we've talked about, about, uh, you know, I just, I enjoy that kind of a, a different kind of approach to the whole thing. And it's also, you know, it's funny and quippy and it's got all that kind of, all that kind of stuff going on in it as well. Um, and so don't listen to the reviews on Amazon. I just went and looked a little while ago and, and all the fanboys hate it because, you know, that's what they do. But, um, really? <laughs> but, uh, so but yeah, I know. Um, but I, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, the third, uh, the third installment of it. So Aquaman Amnesty, 
uh, by Kelly Sue DeConnick and a number of, of artists uh, who I wasn't really all that familiar with. Victor Bogdanovic. Do you guys know? Victor? Oh, yeah. He's J John Bogdanovic's son, if I'm not mistaken, who was a John Bog John Bogdanovic was the uh, artist on Superman, the Man of Steel back in the 1990s. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. And then Robson, Robson Roca and Daniel Hen Henriquez, Henriquez. Um, and they're all just kind of listed as artists, so I'm, I'm not sure who's doing what in terms of the art, but there we are. Um, so looks lovely cool. on, on the page here, but, um, uh, and I'm, I'm showing you all in, in podcast land can't see, but I'm, I'm showing my compatriots here the volume with the pages in it. But of course, the new reality that we're all facing, and another result of the, the fun of the uh, coronavirus, is that paper comics may be becoming a thing of the past. Uh, Father Kyle, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, um, actually last Wednesday, we're, today is April 1st, uh, the day we're recording, but last Wednesday was the um, last day that paper comic books were going to be um, shipped out by Diamond Distributors to comic shops. Um, part of the issue with the coronavirus is that the um, comic printing and distribution centers are New York, Maryland, and California. Huh. And all three of those are uh, pretty hotbeds of, um, of the coronavirus right now. Mm -hmm. So consequently, with the manpower being down and you know, adjustments being needing to be made with all of this stuff. The decision was made to um, to stop printing and distributing comics for the foreseeable future. Um, there's been no indication when that will be because we don't know when all of this trouble is going to finally come to an end. Um, but of course, with that notice, um, there has been some question about the future of paper comics. Um, Prior to this, there had been quite a lot of uh, discussion about someday, maybe, comic books would eventually move into a place where they would become a digital-only format. Um, you know, certainly that's a, a means that a lot of people use to buy and read comics today. Um, but, uh, you know, now, with this new reality here, um, it's a stronger possibility that comics could move ahead in a digital-only format. Um, they did, as far as I know, distribute digitally the comics that were scheduled to come out on April 1st, which means that the paper versions that should have come out today will not be out. And so if they do at a certain point in time begin printing them again, we've got a couple of issues, one of which is that how do you catch up to the digital distribution? You know, the digital distribution is going to keep going ahead and the paper is going to be well behind and they're going to have to find out some sort of schedule to get everybody caught back up so that we're on the same page. Mm. Um, mm. DC Comics, as of about six days ago, DC Comics was looking into other printers and distributors instead of Diamond um, so that they could continue to get their books printed and get them out as soon as possible. So. There is some effort on DC's part to continue the printing and distributing. Um, they're making a lot of guarantees to comic shops that if we print and distribute these to you and you can't sell them, you can ship them back and um, not suffer the economic cost of buying all these books. Um, but Marvel, to date, has been silent on the matter. 
as to what they're planning to do. Uh, of course, um, some of the small companies like IDW and so forth are, um, are trying to find a way ahead forward um, with the paper comics at the moment. But um, yeah, that's kind of where things are right now. It's a, it's a big question mark about what the future is going to look like for paper comic books. I find to be really sad, let me say that. Well, yeah, I think we all find it to be pretty sad. Um, I, I personally, I, you know, I, I, haven't, I, I haven't gone out and sought the digital copies of the paper books that I have subscriptions for. I was going to, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I, I signed up for them. I subscribed for them at the comic book shop. You know, I'll, I'll wait until he orders them. But the question is, will they be printed at all? Right. I mean, will there just be? Will they just start back up and say these issues are only going to be available in digital format? Right. I, I'm a little confused as to how they'll handle that. It doesn't look like they know. Yeah, I mean, this might accelerate the the demise of print comic books, but. I don't think anybody wants to see that happen. No. I mean, you know, I, I read comic books digitally. I, I enjoy, I have subscription to DC Universe and, um, Marvel Unlimited. and, and Marvel Unlimited. And, uh, and I get comics digitally off of a library app, so, um, Hoopla. But, um, so I always have, have you know maybe one series digitally going that I'm I'm checking out because my appetite for comic books has always exceeded my 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 budget for for, for weekly books but you know I, there's still it's still not the same as having the the paper comics and I think the comic book is such an iconic thing you know this is the first time in and I somewhere I read 80 years that comic books aren't being Printed. Yeah, you know, World War Two and um, and various like what was it? Um, shoot, there was another major thing that happened. I mean, I mean, nine eleven. They still went on. Probably. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah. that was the other one they mentioned. Right, they didn't. That neither of those two things stopped it. But. No, um, we we had uh, my local comic book shop in Schenectady where I have my subscription. Um, they've been closed anyway. Um, but the one comic book shop in Albany, although they've been closed, they've been sort of uh, pivoted with uh, uh, a unique model where you call up and you tell them what books you want or your subscription or whatever. And the guy comes out with like a, a gas mask on and like tape <laughs> and like gloves and he brings them to your car. Um, <laughs> like superb side pickup, they've been calling it, and it's been in the newspapers and stuff like that. They, Earth World Comics, they've been getting a lot of press for that. I think every member of my parish sent me that <laughs> article. <laughs> Father, did you hear about this? Um, but uh, but like this week, you know, they'll they'll bring you you know back issues, graphic novels. Yeah. If you're interested, you can look on their website, but. Um, there's no new comics. Um, that's that, that's a gosh. It's like as if we hadn't um, given up enough. Do you know, um, Father Kyle? Will this affect uh, trades at all? 
So yeah, at the moment, they're not, as far as I understood from what I've read, they're not printing any new trades at the moment. Oh. Um, all the stuff that is, uh, you know, already in print and um, has there have been printed copies of that are available in back order, they'll ship out to comic shops uh, and bookstores and so forth. But um, at the moment, they're not printing any new trades. Um, I can't believe that at a certain point in time they would end that because I still think mm -hmm. that's a pretty big market, yeah. even if individual issues are not. So my what I kind of wonder is if they, since they are going ahead with the digital only format at the moment, if they'll just collect a lot of those issues into trade form and then sell them at a certain point in time when they're back up and running. You know what I mean? Like if you want to read Batman 92 to Batman 98, you've got to uh, buy yeah. this trade because we're not going to print the issues kind of yeah, thing. I would, I yeah. would, that's my guess. Solution. Yeah. 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 The hard thing with all of this though, um, beyond our own, our own um, sadness at seeing this stop is the comic shop owners themselves. Yeah. You know, this is a massive blow when a large part of their income comes from people coming into the store every week buying comic books, right? Um, so if you don't have a substantial backstock of older issues and graphic novels and trades and so forth, um, you might not actually have the means to keep your store going. Um, my guy here in Fredericksburg, my comic shop, he is still remaining open. Um, is he allowed so, to be open? Uh, as far as I know at this moment, they, he's finding a it's way. Essential. It's essential. It's his civil disobedience. <laughs> it's essential, right? Everything is essential. He, yeah, I know. There was an ad but, uh, for one of the local car dealerships that I saw the other day. Just letting you know we're an essential business, so if you need to come buy a car... Come on out. Yeah, I don't Are know. Are you kidding? That's a stretch. That's a stretch. But at any rate, my guy has, um, he's got like a back stock of a million comic books. So he's got plenty to work off of for a while. But yeah, I mean, I can imagine a lot of the smaller mm -hmm. comic shops really taking a blow from this. Well, yeah. for, for many years, I think, uh, you know, the shops that have really been able to continue to be uh, successful and stay in business have been the ones that have worked on a, a model that is partially based on people coming into their store, but also partially based on selling selling stuff online. Um, mm -hmm. So you know that that may be the the thing that floats them. I know you know when when I was still getting uh, week to week comics, um, one of my um, the 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 guy at the store where I used to go to told me he would buy, you know, he'd buy a hundred issues of whatever this comic was so that he could get the very rare alternate cover, uh -huh. right? And then he would sell that online and that would more than not only would pay for the whole run of a hundred that he bought, but it would go over that, which then God. meant any copies of the hundred that he sold was gravy. Right, right. And, yeah. uh, you know, Smart. so it was, it was interesting because it was like, but that's, so I think for a while that's been the way that, that if you're smart about it, you have to play it. Um, I just think now the, 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 that's going to become dramatic 
right in terms of people's ability to do that so if if you're if your comic shop guy has a million back issues and you know uh, amazon marketplace or ebay or wherever it is uh-huh. uh, about selling those things then he or she may be able to to weather the storm but right. i think you know if if you've got half or more of your business is business model is invested in whoever happens to come through the door in any given week um you know this 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 may very well take the air right out of your tires so well let me ask you my 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 fellow pastors my fellow theologians my fellow workers in the vineyard as we're as we're going through this this crazy experience uh together as a society i was going to say but really as a world right i mean the whole world is going through this for goodness sakes where is god in all this yeah i mean it's hard i don't really have the elevator speech for that um i've seen god show up in some remarkable ways um i I, i've been live streaming these services and you know most of my people have facebook or internet some of them don't um i've tried to reach out to them on the phone but the the unexpected kind of grace of this is here here i've been doing the the work of prayer you know um usually i start my day it's just myself uh saying the office the morning the morning prayer um, on, on the days in which my uh, music director is in, he joins me. Um, but you know, he's a part-time employee. He's got another job. Um, with this, all of a sudden, you know, I log on the Facebook and go live and I have all these people from my parish showing up for morning prayer <laughs> and, and, and faithfully and, and people, that are on the periphery, like, you know, the lady that like came to Easter like two years ago and, you know, has it really, but we're friends on Facebook and and she's there every day and entering her prayer requests into the comment section. And just like people that I know from back home that I went to high school with, you know, are joining us for worship. It's, it's been, that's been an unexpected grace. Um, you know, it's forced the church to be more creative and more and to use technology. Um, now, it, gosh, it's no substitute for being gathered in, in, in each other's physical presence to celebrate the Eucharist. And um, that I mean, that can't happen online. There's no there's no substitute for that. Um, but um, this is something else. And it's something worthwhile, and, and and it's it's been it's been a blessing. Um, my my sermon last week was about the the healing of the man born blind in in John nine, you know. And and one of the things I talked about, you know, this is a miracle that Christ performs on the Sabbath, right? What is the work that God does on the Sabbath? I mean. <laughs> um, it's, it seems sort of contradictory, right? The Sabbath is the day of rest. The, day, the, the Sabbath is the day that God rested. But the Sabbath was given for, for us, for our sake. Um, and I think this is sort of like a Sabbath for, for, for a lot of people. Um, 
our, our business, our daily life is, is grinded to a halt. And there is a work that God wants to do within us on the Sabbath, within, within the church. He wants, to, he wants to recreate us. He wants to he wants to open our eyes, right? To to see the the uh, the frailty and the 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 um, the, the fleeting nature of, of life. Um, how precious everything is that we've been taking for granted. And I, I think this is a real opportunity for for revival. Um, you know, we've had to confront the, our, our mortality and our, our very real uh, finitude in a, in a way that I don't think my generation has ever had to engage with. And so I think that's, a, you know, those are just a couple of ways. I mean, I think God's at work using even this horrible situation for good. Not that he, he, you know, like brought it about for that. He's like, I'm going to make all these people sick so I could make a point. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, God's there. And, 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 and I found him to be so, at least. Yeah, I think, the, um, you know, the last, the last bit of what you were saying there, Matt, was something that I've been thinking about. I mean, the reality is that um, the time of year we're in right now is, is the end of Lent and the beginning of Holy Week and um, part of what we experience in Lent and Holy Week is uh, death and resurrection, right? Um, that there's a sense in which Lent is a season of dying to ourselves, which we otherwise refer to as repentance, um, dying to our own, our own thoughts that we're in control, um, dying to the idea that we're somehow God. Um, because that's the basic human problem is we all believe ourselves to be gods. Um, you know, we believe we're indestructible and invulnerable and all those other things. And I think there's um, that's part and parcel of the kind of American hubris that we all have. Right. Um, and in this time, one of the things that we're really going through is a is a very real kind of death, not only. Um, physically, obviously there are people dying physically, but, um, but there's a spiritual death happening. Um, there's a death to death to ourselves taking place here. And, um, and the one thing that we know about God is that he's not, um, you know, he's not just a God who takes delight in killing as it were, but, uh, um, and doesn't want to leave it there. He's not a God of death, as it were, but he's a God of resurrection. Mm. And, um, and, you know, I think new life can come out of this. And that's where God is bringing new life out of this, uh, mm. you know, tragedy, this pandemic that we're going through. And um, I think we see glimpses of it here and there now. Some of the things you were referencing before, the little graces that we see. Um, and, you know, who knows what other good will come out of this in the end. You know, that's what it is to live in faith. It's to live in the trust that um, that God is is for us in Christ and that um, God will bring good out of even the stuff that we go through tragically. And um, that's certainly the hope that we hold on to, the hope of the resurrection, right? Yeah, Amen. absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. Uh, it's, um, you know, I, I've, I've had a lot of different thoughts as, as we've kind of run through this whole experience. Um, N.T. Wright wrote a piece in uh, Time magazine 
Um, and, you know, and I love N.T. Wright generally. Um, and I, and I didn't dis, you know, there were a lot of things that he said that I agreed with, but his overall thing was, uh, Christianity doesn't have anything to say about this. Um, and his yeah. point, his point there was not that, that there isn't something that you can learn from it as a Christian, but he was trying to get away from simplistic, uh, you know, oh, God's doing this because he's angry at us for right. X, right? Right. right. Uh, and so I agree with that, but I don't agree with, and maybe he didn't write the headline, but I don't agree with the idea that Christianity doesn't have anything to say about this. Um, you know, I think there's a great deal to be said about it. It is fascinating in some ways that the thing that is trapping so many of us right now is um, the thing that had really been the great and celebrated sin of our generation up until a couple of weeks ago that we just want to be on our phones all the time and want to be, you know, not making human connections. Well, now we literally have to be on our phones all the time and we can't make human connections. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, there, I, I'm not saying that that's uh, divinely mandated or something, but I, I, I think there has to be some kind of, I don't know, some kind of realization of, of, of how God might be using that particular irony uh, to do something in our world. Uh -huh. um, and and I've been blessed by the graces too. Um, you know, the graces of, of being able to spend more time with my family. You, you guys are, are uh, probably saw some of the pictures that I put up, but um, yeah. my older son, so my children, I mentioned this earlier in the program, uh, my boys are both pretty severely autistic. Um, and church is very difficult for them, you know? Um, they can't really sit still during it. They don't, it's, it's hard for them to, to sit still through anything. Um, it, the mass is not really like designed for them, you know? Um, and in the past, the way that we would get through that is basically that my wife and I, and back in Pennsylvania, we would have an aid as well. Uh, Texas does not provide that particular service. Um, but we would, we would all go together and we would just kind of stay through as much of it as we could. And th there was a parish, um, near where we were as a Catholic parish, even before I was Catholic, that we were taking our boys to, um, for their like Sunday, uh, evening service or later Sunday service or something like that. Um, and, um, and that's about all we could do, right? Because my wife can't bring my children to church by herself she just can't right i mean they don't uh -huh. they don't respond to their names half the time so how how could she possibly do that um and so um we sometimes bring the kids to the byzantine uh catholic church uh, in town particularly if i don't have a mass on a sunday morning um we'll all go and do that as a family but then we don't go up together because there would be some awkwardness to that. The whole thing is kind of made awkward by the fact that I'm a priest. And I, I recognize that I'm in a pretty unique position with this. There aren't that many Latin Rite Catholic priests that have children to begin with. Um, I have no idea how many Latin Rite Catholic priests there are who have severe, who have autistic children. And I may be the only one, as far as I know, who have severely autistic children. Um, but nevertheless, um, it has been a, a great 
pain of mine that the church is just in general, the Catholic church particularly, and, and the church in general in many places is not set up for people like my kids. And I understand that they're not the norm, but I think that part of the Christian mission is to reach out to people who are not the norm. Um, and so for most of their lives, my kids have, have not had the opportunity to have the sacrament. And yet here, this great irony, right? Because I'm celebrating mass at home now. Um, and so this past weekend, my son, who normally is denied the opportunity to receive what most people take for granted, right? Uh-huh. He got to have it at a time when most people don't. Yeah. And I, so I, I found that to be, I just found that to be tremendously moving. And I thought, I don't know what God is, is, is doing exactly in this, but I know there's a story there that, that I hope to get to tell someday, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So, well, um, there's a lot more that we can say, uh, friends. I don't know what this podcast is going to look like for the for the duration of, of this outbreak. We we we'll, we'll try to keep you entertained. Uh, we'll we'll try to you know if you want us to dive into some deeper subjects, we'll do that. If you want us to just kind of distract you from the weirdness of this moment, we can do that. We'll see what happens. You know, write into us. Let us know what you think. Tell us on our our social media. Facebook.com slash God and Comics. Uh, Twitter, uh, you know, we're at God and Comics. Uh, send us an email, uh, God and Comics at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to be in touch with you. We'd certainly love to be praying for you. Um, and uh, we hope you're staying safe. Um, but before we sign off for, for this episode, it's time for one thing that doesn't change, even in social distancing. And that is this or that. This or that. This or that. Come on, everybody, let's this or that. Batman or Iron Man. This or that. Spider Man or Superman. This or that. Boxes or briefs. This or that. DVD or VHS. This or that. Dungeons or Dragons. This and that. Okay, um, I'm going to start with you, Jonathan. Okay. Tiger King or Lion King? Yes. Oh, we didn't talk about Tiger King. Oh, my goodness. That that guy should be a cartoon, uh, comic book character. There should be a Tiger King comic. Um, have you guys seen the Tiger King? Have you watched? I, it? I haven't. I gotta see it. I, I have not watched the episode, but I've seen pictures of him, and he does look like a comic book <laughs> character. Yeah, it is the most bananas thing I have seen in a very long time, and uh, uh, several people. Um, we're watching it with us, uh, not, you know, not in the room with us, but we would just sort of text back and forth as we're watching the episodes. And uh, it's it just gets increasingly more and more bizarre as it goes. And I'll, t- I'll tell you what, uh, I'll tell you what, though, there were definitely times when watching that that I completely forgot there was a pandemic going on. <laughs> so um, at least at this moment, I'd have to say Tiger King. Tiger King. Is this a small grace of God, too? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'd be willing to go that far. Um, I know the one, you know, one of the the uh, people who who saw that I had said that I was watching it on Facebook and then then uh, they started to watch it. 
and they were surprised that it was not as wholesome as they would have thought a program that a priest was mentioning. So just just for our audience's sake, it is definitely a um, not safe for work, uh, not safe for children kind of a program. Yeah. But yeah. there we are. Okay, um, Father Kyle, Spider Gwen, a.k.a. Ghost Spider, or Spider Girl, a.k.a. Mae Parker? I'm going to say Spider Girl, a.k.a. Mae Parker. Um, I've read a little bit more of her, and I kind of, I really did, like, the when the series kicked off in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, I did really like that series. I thought it captured a lot of the original spirit of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And um, I still struggle with the whole the whole retcon thing with Gwen Stacy. And um, so, uh, you know, like bringing Gwen Stacy back in a, from an alternate universe and just having her be a part of it all. I, I kind of struggle with a, it. It's not a retcon. It's a... Yeah, it's a, I guess. Totally right. different world. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, just, I struggle with that. Well, you know, I, I I always thought the character Spider-Gwen really looked like super cool. You know, with the hood and like yeah. the ballet slippers or whatever she has on and everything. The yeah. white mask. But, um... I, I one thing I've been doing during the uh, lockdown, the pandemic, is uh, is I went back and um, I got myself my uh, Marvel uh, unlimited subscription again, and uh, and I've been I've been binge reading all the whole series of Spider Gwen, and it's really good. Okay. It's really good. I've been enjoying it. I don't know why I haven't been buying it since since it came out i've read like a few issues here and there when it crossed over with miles and everything but it's it's great and it takes place in a um it's a different world um it's it's a lot of fun um but i i, I remember really liking spider girl too jonathan veil all through lent or just passion tide with like veil the crosses, veil the statues, all through Lent, or just for Passion Tide. Uh, well, in in our in the ordinary missile, it's mandated that it that it can only be um, from Passion on. Although I think there are churches that that veil sooner. Actually, Walsingham veils a lot of the stuff right from the beginning of Lent. What about but, just the regular Roman Catholic parishes? Are they veiled all through Lent? I think so. Um, to tell you the truth, uh, all of this stuff started happening so fast yeah. that <laughs> I, di- I haven't really been in in too many parishes. I, I, I know, you know, at the school, I forgot to put this. St- I usually put it up at the beginning of Lent and start veiling, and I forgot to do it this year. So maybe I'll say Passion Tide just for my, my own <laughs> edification. Father Jonathan... Berkeley Jensen Ultra Soft toilet paper <laughs> or quilted Northern Ultra plush. <laughs> I think I had the. Didn't I have the last one? Well, okay. So uh, the the answer to your the answer to your question the answer to your question is whatever they have. 
I will yeah. take whatever they have. <laughs> Father Kyle, uh, cinnamon Pop-Tarts or cherry Pop-Tarts? Oh, cinnamon Pop-Tarts. Cinnamon Pop-Tarts? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think they're much better. The uh, cherry ones taste a little too artificial cherry for me. I like cherry things, but... I, I gotta draw a line when things start to have that funky artificial and cinnamon's great. So, pop pop yeah. tarts are the most artificial thing on earth. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know I will, are. yeah, you know, this pop you buy the natural ones. <laughs> the natural <laughs> ones. There are. They're organic pop tarts. <laughs> Those aren't pop tarts. Those are strudels of some kind. <laughs> uh, okay. No, I, I the cinnamon might be my favorite. Um Father Jonathan, The Stand, Stephen King's The Stand, or I Am Legend, Richard Matheson, or the films that accompany. I was going to say, so I've 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 not read either of them. I have watched I Am Legend, although it's been a long time, but it's it's been a much longer time since I've seen the Stand miniseries that was on when I was, I don't know, thirteen or. Or Gary Sinise. Yeah, yeah I, I really don't remember. I remember there was, I remember all I, re- literally all I remember from that miniseries is a woman on her porch going, it's time to make your stand. And then that's like, oh, Mother Abigail. that's like the only thing I remember from the entire series. So I remember I Am Legend a little bit better. So I guess I'll go with that. I Am Legend. Which but, one? The, the the because it's not the Omega Men with Charlton Heston because that's also based on I Am Legend. Oh no, it's Will Smith. The Will, Will Smith, Smith one. Yeah, yeah. When this whole as soon as the coronavirus was like all over the news because I'm a tormented sick individual, I started reading The Stand, <laughs> and it's been oddly comforting because it's like. As bad as this gets, it's not nearly as bad as the Captain Trips. So, <laughs> yeah. it is so in some I, ways. I I can kind of get what you're saying because, like, in some ways, it it maybe it's helpful to read something apocalyptic just to remind you that this isn't actually the apocalypse, right? Like, oh no, no. Um, well, and Stephen King kind of took to social media to respond to that. He's like, "This isn't the stand." Right. Okay. I mean, it's just bad, but it's not the stand. It's eminently survivable. Um, but there, there's a chapter in there that he put up um, where it talks about how, like, a virus spreads. There's a whole chapter where it shows, like, well, these people were at this rest stop, and it spread to them, and then when, and you know, that it's that was sort of like I, I find myself being reminded of that, like, wash your hands. You know, don't don't touch this, don't touch that, and um, he even kind of put that up as a reminder to people. Well, but there's, no, there's the wisdom of scripture, theory. right? James <laughs> chapter four, verse eight: Wash your hands, you sinners. <laughs> <laughs> Wash I'm your so hands cool. and say your prayers, because Jesus and germs are everywhere. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, so this is the last one, Father Father Kyle. Uh, All glory, Lord, and honor. These are two hymns. Mm-hmm. Or my song is love unknown. 
Oh, those are both great ones. Um, wow. Not for Palm Sunday. Other things that we won't be singing, sadly. We're actually going to do All Glory Laud in honor. We're, we're going to do that one, too, but not with... It's going to be like two people walking around. Right. Like <laughs> with the choir. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, goodness. What would I say? Probably my song is Love Unknown. I like that that song yeah, a lot. It's a yeah. beautiful song. I know. I, I was looking at our bulletin from last year and just being like, ugh, I wish we could have the choir sing this one. Um, but... Life will go on, and we're gonna we're gonna try to make it a holy week, yep. just the same, right? That's right. That's right. It will work. It'll be something different, but you know what? It'll still um, we'll still have opportunity to hear the word, and we'll still have opportunities to pray, and 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 God will be glorified. Yep. There, yeah. there's been some discussion on the the uh, amongst the folks from Covenant, and uh, I, I think especially in the wake of the article up there, um, the by Ephraim Radner, um, a week ago or so, uh, where he was somewhat critical of of virtual worship, you know. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really care for it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, he he thought he thought that it, we were coddling people by mm -hmm. having virtual worship, which I, I mean, no, <laughs> we're being pastoral to people. But no, that's condescending or so. I I, I I don't know. I don't. I just remember reading it and not. Um, but um, I mean, some people. I, I, I've heard a lot of uh, objections from people like, "Well, what's the point of, of doing?" Uh, or, or maybe the, the the clergy should fast from the Eucharist for this time. Um, right. Because if the lady can't have it, why should why should the priest be able to celebrate with his family or? with you know uh the music director or whatever right, right. Um, which is a misunderstanding of what the eucharist is right absolutely but I, what i thought was interesting like one of the objections that that i think that ephraim raised um and certainly that i've heard other people raise is well you know uh so many people are already checking out of our churches and if uh, if we're if we're doing worship virtually, they'll just get used to that and they'll think that's good enough. And when we're finally able to have everybody back again, they won't want to come because they've gotten so used to how great it is to sit at home with a cup of coffee and watch the, the mass on television. And I, I have to say, I feel like exactly the opposite is probably where the truth lies that we've yeah. gotten so complacent about worship yeah. that it's like this easy thing that we can have anytime we want and so who cares whether we go or not you know and even yeah. in the catholic church where there is a definite moral obligation you know you if you if you intentionally skip sunday mass you are committing a mortal sin uh and yet uh, a lot of people are just like eh you know, yeah, um, missing three weeks is no big deal. Right. They, they come in late, they leave early, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I feel like at the end of all this, it may very well be the opposite, that people just have this incredible hunger for the Eucharist because they've been denied it for so long, you know? Uh -huh. um, yeah. 
that I I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't have full churches for a while when this is over. I, I, I think that's right. I think when we're finally able to come back, I think we'll see a, a spike. Um, and I, I, you know, I think maybe that's a bit of catastrophic thinking. It's sort of like, you know, like comic books. We're not able to print comic books. Everybody's going to get used to reading them digitally, and and this is the end of print comic books. I think that's catastrophic. You know, let's not. Like I, I think I think print comic books are going to make a comeback, and uh, and people are going to come for mass. Well, and even and, even there, like I mean, I agree with you, but I also feel like I mean, digital comics are a lot closer to the reality of reading comics than watching the mass on YouTube is to actually oh, going to the mass, right? Like, absolutely. I mean, no, there's not even a comparison, I mean, right? I'm not trying to knock it, you know, cause obviously like I'm doing it too and I'm providing videos and I hope that they are helpful to people. I hope they help them to pray and everything else, but I can't imagine even the best video of mass, whoever out there is doing the absolute best one there is, I can't imagine anybody is watching that and thinking to themselves, uh, this is good enough. I mean, yeah, <laughs> EW, EWTN did it, and you know, people going the mass. So why should yeah live? I, I mean, you know, um, it, let's not be catastrophic. It's not right. the end of the world. It's not the stand, right? It's not the stand. <laughs> That's our it's trademark for today. It's not the stand. Band. All right. Well, uh, that is going to do it for our show this time. We hope to be back with you very soon. Uh, in the meantime, go back uh, and take another listen to the show. If you're, if you're bored and you really need to fill your time up, uh, it'll be up on godandcomics.com with uh, some links and other information that you can find there. You can also listen to our show through whatever your favorite uh, podcasting service is. Uh, including through iTunes, and you can subscribe to us through iTunes. And if you happen to be a listener on iTunes, uh, we'd love it if you would give the show a rating or a review. It, it would really help other people to find our program. Our theme music, which you are hopefully banging your head to right now, is by Father Paul Wheatley, who started hoarding toilet paper years ago as a way of soundproofing his office. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Father Jonathan Michikin. I'm Father Matt Strumberg. I'm Father Kyle Tomlin. And we'll see you from a safe distance. <laughs>